Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 171 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here, and I'm apologizing in advance for my advanced condition. <laughs> yes, the two of us are just in tip-top shape for today's recording. Right, Adam's running at 80% of his usual 120%. <laughs> so in At Odds math, that actually puts him at 95%. Whereas yes. I'm usually operating at about 44%. And as soon as we're done recording, I'm popping the uh, the Lucite case on the extra strength NyQuil to knock my ass out, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good uh, Braun Breaker math there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like, I, I've, I've slept for the past two days. So I think, like, another day or two in, a, like, a, a coma, like, like you said, a NyQuil-induced coma would do yeah. me good. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, Yeah, we'll get into everything here on the show. uh, Not a lot of chit-chat, small talk. Um, You know, usually this is where we promote our appearances elsewhere, the A's show. But they recorded it, so it should be coming out Monday, right? Yeah, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, there's not much work that goes into producing that show, so so it could have been live to tape. Because God knows they don't edit out any of the coughs or snorts or sneezes or any of that stuff. Or, uh, you know, dead air or just bad podcasting. It all makes to print, you know? I'll just say this. You know, I know there are folks, uh, you know, how often it happens where people are talking and they're muted because they're on the call. You know, Mm -hmm. and I know uh, there's been a lot of shit talking on Skype. When I hit the mute button on my mic, I get a huge thing at the top of my Skype Skype that says... Your microphone may be disconnected or muted. Please check. Because the other parties may not be able to hear you. Mm-hmm. So yes. as I've already hit the microphone, like the mute, like twice, uh, you know, I just choose my spots. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's very bare minimum effort to just uh, try to not have shitty audio. But some people can't manage it. And anyways, yay, the A-Show final coming up soon. <laughs> Well, let's get right into it then, Adam, shall we? Yeah. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right. I definitely got to rerun that one through the uh, the Wave Maker because there's like a little skip at the end that I hear and really bugs me. I don't hear it. I hear it. So, you know, it bothers me. My mental uh, whatever. All right, so this is actually a busy day in wrestling history. There was stuff that I even eliminated for sake of discussion, right? You know? Okay. We can go back and forth and, like, because right now we're in the 96 head-to-head Monday Night Wars. So we could be talking about, like, Raw and Nitro um, every week. Maybe as we get into next year, 97 kind of heats up a little bit. Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but on this day in wrestling history, Adam, I know uh, it's very close because it was 1989, uh, right before wrestling started, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel as though this might be something that you're somewhat aware of because I'm sure, like many people of you know that age, you saw WrestleMania six, correct? Sure. Uh, WrestleMania six, uh, Hogan Warrior. Yeah, absolutely. So you also, so right, okay, so on that card was also Demolition against Andre and Haku for the tag titles. Mm -hmm. 
So on this day in wrestling history, on the episode of Superstars, is where Andre and Haku beat uh, Demolition for the tag team titles to set up the program for WrestleMania. See, I think this came up previously on an episode somehow where I had no memory of Andre and Haku being tag champs. Gotcha. Like I remember them being a tag team. So I think because they weren't champs at Mania, right? Mm. They were. Oh, okay. Demolition beat them to become the first like, ever three-time WF tag team champions. Okay. Yeah, see, it's all fuzzy. That's the infancy of wrestling. So it, it, it's... All a blur, but I, I definitely saw the Mania match, but I didn't remember that it was for the title. Yeah. That's when, like, Andre, like, turns babyface and, like, slaps Heenan and... Oh, yep, yep. Okay. But the match is out there. Uh, you know, you don't even have to watch the full match. You can watch the clip that's out I... there. And uh, obviously looking at it with 11 or 12-year-old eyes or even younger eyes at the time... You don't realize how, in a bad way, Andre was then. Mm -hmm. But you watch it now and you're like, that's a man who should not be in a wrestling ring. He is in a lot of pain. He could barely move. Why are they doing this to poor Andre the Giant? <laughs> it's not like Vince to just put somebody out there against their health and better, you know, better judgment. Well, they'll say that Andre, you know, wanted to and... He liked being on the road, and he liked the camaraderie of being with the boys and everything. But I don't know. He was in a rough way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw the title win in gift form multiple times today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also, speaking of title changes, on this day in wrestling history in 1992, Big Van Vader won the WCW title back from Ron Simmons at a house show. This was back in the day where WCW, just to kind of shake things up, would do something as like part of a TV taping, let's say, and then air it like live to tape almost on the same day that it happened, or just like change world titles on house shows. And it would always kind of be like around Christmassy time, because I know last week or maybe the week before when we talked about... Um, the Starcade with Sting versus the Black Scorpion and Ric Flair being revealed as the Black Scorpion. Mm. That Christmas weekend set of house shows, Ric Flair beat Sting for the world title just on a regular house show. So here it is now, two years later, regular house show, Vader wins the title back from Ron Simmons. And are the, is there any video footage of this, or are they just like, no, fuck it, it's a house show? They would they would show, like, shaky cam, like, their own. Because this was the days where if stuff wasn't being taped, someone was taping it. So I say someone because DDP would tape all of his house show matches very mm -hmm. famously and watch them back. Um, And this was kind of the beginnings of DDP being a tag team. Or starting to, like, work matches and stuff. So what they showed on TV was, like, real bad, grainy, like, single-cam footage. Hmm. I can never understand why. I mean, yes, you could say that, like, oh, it's because anything can happen at our house shows. Yes. Come and see them. You know, you get your money's worth. You can, you can see a world title change. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, you're, you're making a thousand people at a house show happy. But it's screwing over the history of like, all right, this is a 
Vader winning the world title. Like, why wouldn't you want a good copy of this? Or why wouldn't you want to bump a pay-per-view or a TV numbers for it? You're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face on that. I'm, I'm with you on the world title stuff. WWF was a big, like, around this time frame especially, doing, like, the IC title from, like, Brett to the Mountie in 92. And the tag titles would get flipped around all the time on house shows. All the time on house shows. And footage never comes up. There's pictures of, like, title changes, but never footage of title changes during, like, the Natural Disasters, Money, Inc., Steiner Brothers time frame. Yeah. I guess it's okay. I mean, it's less egregious in my mind if it's one of those secondary titles, especially if you look at it in 2021 eyes, like the tag team title in WWE is worthless. You know, like some of those secondary belts are worthless. But, like, how great would it be if, like, Diesel winning the world title from Bob Macklin was televised, you know, instead of it just being something that you read about and saw some, like, handy cam footage of? Well, so it, it it wasn't televised, but it certainly was telegraphed. And because the match was so, so short, um, it was it was filmed by the normal WF TV cameras, but it wasn't lit for TV, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And the match is only like six seconds long or whatever the hell it is. And they would show that they showed it on like Raw the next Monday. Yeah. But you get what I mean, though. Like, it's just. I do. I do. It, it, it takes away the specialness of it. You know, a guy's first world title and all that. Now, it's crazy that in the 80s and stuff, when WF would do the televised house shows for like MSG, Boston Garden or wherever, and that there was never any title changes on any of those. Because mm-hmm. if you were in those markets, those were kind of like almost like mini pay-per-views. Okay. What else you got? All right, so also on this day in wrestling history in 2007, from the Manhattan Center in New York City was Ring of Honor Final Battle. And I know we talked a week or two ago in regards to people's different time frames and eras and when they said was the best era of Ring of Honor. And I know there's a lot of people that would say that it's this era, hmm. or at least like this is the beginning of that era. But I look at this card, and this is like the tail end of Gabe doing faction wars, as we have like a Vulture Squad match, uh, Hangman's 3 match on here. We're still doing Rocky Romero taking on the Ring of Honor students. Um, See, I thought when you were saying this era, I thought you were saying people are saying that like 2021 is the best era. No, no. <laughs> people are saying like this 07 and 08 yeah. is like the best era of Ring of Honor. Gotcha. But you look at the, you know, the top three matches on the card of, like, Roderick Strong defending the FIP world title against Eric Stevens. Uh, a random four-way with Danielson, Chris Hero, Austin Aries, and Morishima. And then Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black versus the Briscoes for the Ring of Honor title is, like, the main event of the show. Just to show how, you know, listening to, through the years, Ring of Honor podcast, they're kind of, like, late 05. And the tag title scene is such a mess and afterthought. So here it is like two years later and it's like main eventing their biggest show of the year. Hmm. And it, including the uh, Tyler freaking black, I believe is the new official name. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this was like young. He was the young boy on the team or in the group or whatever it was, you know, hmm. 
But this was Gabe misunderstanding, like, the faction things that Dragon Gate was doing and tried to do it here in the States, and it just didn't work. All right. A lot, lot of familiar names on there, especially uh, in current AEW. Right. Uh, speaking of current AEW, just five years ago today, AIW uh, had the event Jelly of the Month Club, which, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, again, very Carter show. No, no. Their Christmas shows, they always name as something from your Home Alones, your Christmas vacations, your things like that. Okay. Um, but we had a bunch of matches. BJ Whitmer against Dom Garini, and I'd say probably like one of Dom's earliest matches. Uh, PB Smooth, who's still kicking around in AIW against Kingston. Uh, Tracy Williams versus Laredo Kid versus Sanjay Dutt versus Joey Janela. Uh, Donst versus Ray Rowe, who's one of the Viking Raiders. I forget what his Viking Raider name is. Yeah, the one of them. I don't know. The <laughs> But also, this was the beginning of the Britt Baker versus Swoggle feud that would cult, that would like go to the summer in like a no holds barred hardcore uh, blood and guts match. So it was Swoggle <laughs> who was preparing Britt Baker for the Thunder Rosa match. Does Swoggle get a cut of the blood and guts ringside exclusive figure? You would think he, he's entitled to part of it. I think he needs a better lawyer than uh, Mark Sterling. <laughs> to get that worked it, out for him, you know? not, it's not possible to have a better lawyer than Mark Sterling. Yeah, but the, uh, that show is available over on uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, aka uh, IWTV. And then, lastly, uh, on this day in wrestling history, one year ago today uh, was the AEW show, which was the uh, Brody Lee uh, tribute celebration show, uh, as he had just passed. Uh, days earlier and they kind of threw this card together kind of like a non-canon show um, and I think this one is out there in full on the internet on YouTube um, but yeah just going through the notes and culminating and putting everything together um, remembering everything that kind of was around the show and just the emotion involved and you know if you can handle it give it another check um, but sometimes this might be one of those shows that you might need a little bit of distance uh, between watching it, you know? Yeah. Terrible circumstances, but like a great show nonetheless. You know, yeah. as you said, it might be tough to get through because of very emotional watching it the first time. But just remembering that they could not have handled it better. Right. You know? All right. So, again, like I said, it was a busy uh, this day in wrestling history. I'm going to turn it over to you there, Adam, to uh, go over likes and dislikes because it's not off the table just yet. Yeah, uh, give it another week. All right. So uh, I believe one of the criticisms that my former favorite indie wrestling commentator, Kevin Ford, said is that all of our likes are AEW and all of our dislikes are WWE. So I'm going to start things off with a dislike just to spite him. And it is from AEW. And that is from this past week's Rampage. And you would think... That given recent events, I would be very happy to see Sammy Guevara lose a match and lose a high-profile title. Oh, but that is not the case. That is not the case. I'm not. Uh, I'm not anti-Sammy. You know. Uh, but yes, Sammy Guevara loses the TNT title to Cody Rhodes, and uh, I don't think I have to say much more than that. 
But uh, I was originally thinking that, like, Sammy didn't really get a long run with it, but he did the little gimmick during the commercials on Dynamite where he was showing all the people he beat. And he had, like, five or six defenses, so I guess it was a a longish reign. But, like, you could have picked a hundred names out of a hat that are on the AEW roster of people that he could have lost to that I would have been fine with. But what is he, the three-star general? Did he get another or lose a star? I think he's just the three-star general. To have him not only win it, but like to unironically think that that was a good idea for the business. And if like Cody doesn't turn heel from this, it's clear that he's lost all touch and never had the touch. And it just makes no sense that they're putting the belt back on Cody. And I don't have an excuse for it. I'm sure you may or may not, but uh, obviously that's my first dislike this week. Match was good. Three stars. Both guys tried. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know, man. Like there's a certain segment of the audience that loves Cody. And there's a certain segment of the audience that hates Cody and there's really no in between. Uh, but this did not make my list, but uh, maybe something else tangentially involved made my dislikes. Okay. So uh, that would be from dynamite this past week. Uh, David tell has a joke in his act uh, where he talks about when you take your two favorite flavors and you mix them together. Sometimes it's not going to be great. Like if you take cotton candy and scotch whiskey and you put it together <laughs> probably doesn't taste great you know yeah um so on the flip side of that what do you take what do you get when you take a dan lambert promo riddled with misogyny and you know voice cracking and the whole thing and a jim Cornette reference to boot and then you throw on top of it a brandy rebuttal promo <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, I saw other people saying this. It's like with two days left in the year, these two decided like, hey, let's do worst segment of the year uh, so nobody else can try to top it, you know? <laughs> uh, holy shit, this was bad. Um, it made me feel bad for anyone that was there live. Um, the verbiage. And again, that's the thing is like anything that they're saying is approved by Tony Khan. So I, I don't know, like, Maybe Tony Khan, like, has a blind spot for all this stuff. Uh, I've never been a fan of the Dan Lambert stuff. It's always been bad. And, you know, it's great that he's a big wrestling fan. Like I said, we're about a week or two away from him just taking, uh, like, full episodes of the Jim Cornette podcast and reading them verbatim as his promos (laughs) on TV, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't watch, uh, you know, you could pick and choose what you watch on, like, Dark and Dark Elevation. But DJ over at, on uh, uh, We Need Wrestling will watch the Brandy matches. And did you know that Brandy's new gimmick is that she's a shooter now? Oh, I know she has her uh, a really good finishing move uh, submission called the Stretch Marks. I know that. Mm-hmm. Right. She, she's a shooter now. And I'm always a big fan of any female wrestler who takes their weird comedy gimmick and decides to turn it into them being a shooter. Now it always works out great. <laughs> um, I miss, I miss voodoo priestess Brandy. I, I listen, that... we're, let's circle around, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it like an old school WWE skit where they have Dan Lambert 
uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky come out in previous Brandy gimmicks. <laughs> you know, like one's the voodoo priestess, one is the whatever the hell she was, and I don't know what the hell else she was. But this was bad TV, and I know a lot of people were saying like, no, last t- last t- last Dynamite of the year, not so great. I thought the show was fine, you know, it was right along the side of any sort of normal dynamite that you would see. Um, but this uh, Dan Lambert, Brandy Road stuff was uh, real bad. And uh, I didn't read no spoilers or nothing, but I can only hope that Ethan Page wins the title off Cody on Rampage this week. And then this feud goes away forever. <laughs> well, this this was also in my dislikes. I oh. I have not been as hard on Dan Lambert as you have to the fact to the point that I actually kind of do like the Dan Lambert stuff. I like the cheesiness of it normally, uh, but I'm not anti-Dan Lambert. But this one, as you mentioned, uh, really turned the misogyny up to 11. And then Brandy coming out and just doing her like, I'm a badass. Let me get in your face and and kick your ass with no backup type thing. Uh, Just kind of was really, really bad. And everything else that you said... uh, I don't know. Maybe Brandy should do comment, not commentary. Jesus, ring announcing. I think that's uh, a best fit for her right now. I don't know. She needs to do something, just not be on my TV, you know? Yeah. But like I said, I, I double down on I want to revisit the voodoo the voodoo gimmick. She can uh, she can manage Abaddon. Oh, there you go. I like that. Fit. Yeah. We should All right. See. I'll go over to you because that was in your dislikes, right? Yep. All right. So both my dislikes are done. So I have two likes. And the first one is just something once again that I wrote down in advance uh, as soon as it was announced. And that was the brawl of Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston versus 2.0 and their son, Daniel Garcia. Um, Obviously not like, oh, my God, it's a five star match. You got to check it out. But from a, a standpoint of just being fans of all the guys involved in this this was appointment viewing along with maybe another match that might be in my likes later on but uh i just love when eddie kingston's in a fight and obviously 2.0 and daniel garcia continue their cheating ways and can kind of further this storyline and kingston can plug in any one of his friends in there to continue it but uh i am just a big fan of this angle as i'm sure most people listening to this are I love the idea of Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie together as a group. I don't like the idea of them because then that means Jericho gets involved like we saw this week. Yeah. (laughs) I get Jericho's a star, but he adds nothing to this. If we get a Jericho versus Eddie match on pay-per-view, Eddie should win, but I know he's not gonna. So there's no good that can come from this. Um, we're on diminishing returns at this point with Jericho, sadly. Um, you know, his name doesn't have like the same gravitas or be able to give somebody else the rub off of his name as it did like six months ago, a year ago or whatever. I know I had postulated on social media this week and I know on Jericho's podcast this week, he did a uh, whole thing about talking about the history of the pain maker. <laughs> sounds of, sounds of riveting. <laughs> Adam, I want you to close your eyes. All right. And I want you to imagine for the start the build now for the next pay per view, the pain maker against for the TV title, Cody Rhodes. 
<laughs> I know Jericho and Cody have wrestled before when Jericho was the champion, but he never wrestled the pain maker. And that was a likable Cody back then, two years ago. <laughs> it's not a likable Cody now. And in the interview, Jericho said that he wanted to have like a mist off with Malachi Black. And I said, keep, keep Jericho away from Malachi Black. But you want to set it up. They do a thing where they're going to have a match on one of the big shows. Cody's like, hey, Jericho, I can help you. I've dealt with this guy before. Jericho's like, no, I got someone who could take care of uh, Malachi Black. Someone who's dark and as twisted as he is. Jericho comes out as the pain maker, which the inspiration for the pain maker was, what if Chris Jericho was the Joker? And yes, that's really what he said in this podcast. Um, so he comes out and he goes to do the mist to Malachi Black, but Cody's out there to help and he accidentally mists Cody. And that's how we get to our program at the pay-per-view of uh, the pain maker versus Cody for the TNT title. And I can go and like take a nap during that match or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll pass on all that, but, uh, you all mentioned, right. you mentioned Kingston versus, uh, Jericho that Jericho would absolutely win. I think, I think I'll give Jericho credit that he, he might consider laying down for Kingston cause Kingston's the hot up and comer. He's the, the young upstart that deserves the win there. So maybe, uh-huh. maybe he would do it. If, and when that match gets announced for pay-per-view, we'll have a little gentleman's bet here on the show. All right. We'll see. So I'll go with a like, Um, you know, uh, so you would think that this might have been in my dislikes, but no, Uh, I like the fact that Tony Storm is no longer with the World Wrestling Entertainment. I say good for her. If the rumor is true on how she dealt with this in essentially after the Monday house show uh, where she was in triple threat match with. Charlotte and Sasha, she got on a plane and just went home. And then when she got home, she's like, yeah, I quit. <laughs> and they're like, oh, do you want us to give you your release? And she's like, no, no, I quit. I'm done. Um, and then they like, are like, okay. And, you know, obviously she still got to do her 90 days. Uh, they immediately took her off the website. She's already in the alumni section. There was no, we wish Tony Storm well in her future endeavors or anything else like that. I hope that she uh, gets to be the inspiration for other people that are unhappy and just decide to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Yeah, it was like I remember reading on Twitter, like just uh, I believe it was a take from Bix that like she quit her job like it was a real job. Yeah. (laughs) You know, which is just fascinating in that perspective. But like, I don't think that if this happened widespread that it would be. become a, a viable thing. Like if, if people that are under contract within a WWE that they have plans for, or want to keep away from AEW started quitting, I think the response from Vince would be like, go fuck yourself. We'll see you on Monday or we'll help hold you in breach, you know, but I don't know, like they are independent contractors, so they should just be able to come and go as they please. Touche. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I thought that was cool. I mean, Tony storm, you know, the, the wild child of the 80s that she was uh, wasn't really going to do anything on the main roster. She was too big for NXT two-point glow, and she wasn't seen as big enough for the main roster. So she wasn't going to do anything. So it is cool for her sake and for the sake of her fans. 
that she does have the opportunity to go elsewhere. And yeah, fuck WWE. I'm glad people are leaving as much as possible. Interesting choice of words there. And that's all I'll say about that. So go ahead. (laughs) All right. My last like is also from AEW this past week. And that was, I believe, the main events, which was the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor versus, don't call him the Undisputed Era, but Cole Fish and O'Reilly. I love the fact that Fish and O'Reilly are being rebranded or re-rebranded as uh, uh, Red Dragon with their original theme and everything like that. Like I've mentioned before, my era of AEW, or no, I'm sorry, not AEW, my era of Ring of Honor was when like Red Dragon was there and War Machine and Rapungi Vice and that kind of stuff. Young Bucks, obviously. So uh, the first time I saw Fish and O'Reilly was as Red Dragon, so I popped for that. Uh, I I have been an unapologetic, undisputed era mark from the very beginning of this show, and I still am. I like the fact that they are kind of holding over the fact that there's a little bit of uh, heat between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly based off the fact that they had a huge blood feud when they left NXT and it would just be kind of weird if they were just buddies again. Um, and it might get Cole away from the bucks if this continues the storyline. But anyways, back to the match. Uh, it was good to see uh, those trios face off. Anytime you can have orange Cassidy in the ring with new people like Kyle O'Reilly is interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I just enjoyed it, man. Like, there's another one of those matches that when they announced it, I was like, oh, that's going to be my likes. I'm writing it down. Yeah, it's a lot of good people wrestling. Uh, you mentioned Orange Cassidy. I'm just glad he wasn't the one who took the fall in the match, as I felt as though this crew together, the Adam Cole and Friends stuff, uh, they had a win, of course, with Kyle in his debut. And, you know, building the dissension of, like, who Adam Cole is going to go with. Is he going to go with the Bucks? Or is he going to go with these guys? And it's one of those things where if you know the history, then it adds so much more. But even just with what's presented on TV, uh, it's plenty of meat on the bone for whatever the storyline is or could be, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's obvious that, you know, when Kenny Omega comes back, you know, you're probably going to have Omega and the Bucks against you know whatever the new undisputed air is called or you know they, I, I think that's clearly where they're going with this you know right and that's okay when that's clearly where they're going with someone as long as there's enough twists and turns to make it interesting while we get there mm. and you know good storytelling is predictable if you give me the information that the story is going to go a b c d and then all of a sudden the story for no reason goes a b c f out of nowhere well, granted, that's a great swerve, bro, but it makes no sense. Yeah. All right. So when, you're you're done? I'm done. All right. Well, let's go with a like and a dislike together because I guess that's what I got left, right? Yep. All right. So I'm happy that the, the year 2022 is kicking off this Saturday with the LVAC show. Uh, the full card has been announced. Main event of the battle of the super duper hunks as the Batiri and delirious super hunks in their own right, take on the team of the still unmasked Avery good spoilers for the pizza party pro show today as part of rest rolls right off the tongue, uh, mm-hmm. Dan champion and Logan Easton LaRoe. Um, I think where that 
where that match originally started and how they got to here, I think is still pretty good. Uh, I'm happy to see lots of new faces on there. I'm happy to see the storylines continuing. And uh, yeah, and hopefully that just means more and more uh, shows coming up for LVAC in the coming year, 2022. Let it be their year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're still keeping it safe with you know the requiring the COVID shots and uh, you know obviously staying masked unless you're drinking booze. But like, I I think that they have the potential to do more than like the two shows that they did last year. You know, like I feel like it was just the real Rumbles last year. But yeah, uh, over the whatever, they 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 can definitely go back to at least their old schedule, which in my opinion wasn't often enough as it was, but sure. I think that's that's a good start, you know? I'd like and to see an LVAC show like every other month, I think is reasonable, you know? I think Mantis and uh, Chris would die if uh, that <laughs> happened. Let's go one every three months. Let's go, again, slow and steady. Let's go from three to four, four to five, five to six. So in like two, three years, we'll be up to every other month, you know? No, I want I want once a month. I want titles established. I want to put on <laughs> Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. I, I want full steam ahead. There's never been a problem with overexpansion, Joe. Like, give me one example of a time a federation has spread itself too thin too fast. I, it's never happened. Let's do just this. one, not dozens. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So my dislike, though, is that sadly I will not be there. Um, this is, per- this is absolutely, um, uh, what's the selfish of me, uh, that this is in my dislikes that I am not going to be at the show, but I was very much looking forward to the show. I was looking forward to calling one of Avery Good's final matches, um, maybe getting a chance to see a lot of these guys for the first time for the new year. Um, but I'm not feeling great. Um, I went and I got a COVID test today. I'm negative, but my... Uh, like, I got a fever, um, my throat is sore, my chest hurts, um, having difficulty breathing, you know, I got symptoms of something, and it would be irresponsible of me, um, negative test, vaccination booster, or otherwise, to be sick and be at one of those shows and being around that many people. So, uh, sadly, I will be home for that show. I did let, all, you know, the main parties involved in the show know I, I sent something out via social media. Uh, but I'll be sad that I'm going to be missing the show. It'll be my first one that I miss since they've been running, you know? Yeah. No, when you told me that before we went on the air, you know, obviously a little bit bummed you're the voice of the LVAC, you know, no matter where you're the voice, (laughs) no matter where you're at in the arena, you can kind of pick up your, your, your commentary bits and pieces of it. Um, but like now uh, I am leading the show in consecutive LVAC shows. Like before you had me beat, I was like, I'm never going to catch up because there was the the two or three that I missed that, you know, prior to me going to the shows. Um, but now I have the consecutive LVAC streak. Right. So, kind of happy about that. But well, I'll just have to give you the old four flat tires treatment for the next one <laughs> so that you don't make it to that one. So I could reclaim the streak, you know. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. But get well soon, sir. I, I too, am a little bit under the weather, but uh, I'm feeling like, we, as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm I'm 80% of what I was, you know, yesterday. Or, so, right. Uh, I should be there. I should be there. And if you see Adam there, he's the guy in the mask. He'll probably be wearing some. Oh, no, wait. Adam will be the guy there in the purple broski jacket. 
100%. Literally the only reason I bought that, Jack. <laughs> I'm just sad that you won't be there to see it. So hopefully I'll get my picture taken with somebody uh, somewhere and uh, you'll be able to see that. But I'll say this. this is quite the opportunity if you'd like. Whoop, whoop. There's a word. Uh, charge mark picks with people. <laughs> of the, Okay, you can get a picture with Adam wearing the jacket for one price. Yeah. Or you can get a picture by yourself wearing the jacket for another price. Ooh. I, I feel like the, the latter would have to be more expensive because it's like... Of course! People try it on my jacket, you know? As of right it? now, only two people have ever worn that jacket, Broski and me. So I don't know if I, I want to add a third person to that rotation. Can you guarantee Chelsea hasn't worn that in some sort of whatever it is that those two are up to? Ooh. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Uh, How many I good sniffs were in that jacket, Adam? Uh, well, see, I didn't want to sniff it before because it's like I don't want no broski sniffs. But like, uh, oh, you don't? You no, don't I don't want broski sniffs. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know what? Now the price of the Mark photo wearing the jacket has just gone up significant. Is the potential of yeah? All right, you know what I mean. <laughs> but yes, I will if I end up going, which I believe ninety percent chance that I am. Uh, I will be the one wearing the very stylish broski purple leather jacket, pleather jacket. <laughs> as seen on uh, Impact Television uh, and as talked about on a, a recent Major Pod vlog. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's the end of likes and dislikes. And uh, Adam, in addition to an LVAC show, in addition to all the Restival shows, <laughs> isn't there a pay-per-view this weekend? There is. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. <laughs> Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the Big Dog's Yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That snuck up on me again. <laughs> like, I was not expecting the, the new and improved version of the jingle. Like, I'm hearing the jingle, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Take a look at my phone real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, the uh, the update just got me. So, kudos to Wiki. But, Joe, did you know that there is a pay-per-view this weekend called WWE Day One? Day one-ish, yeah. Oh, day one-ish. And according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, there are eight announced matches, one of which is on the pre-show. And I feel like this is the most matches announced for WWE, like, non-WrestleMania this far in advance. Like, normally yes. we're, like, doing the, the recording and, like, half of the show hasn't been announced until SmackDown the next day. Right. But anyways, there's eight matches. Do, do you know the card, Joe? I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I can get at least six to seven. I have no idea what's on the pre-show, uh, but let's give it a whirl. So we have, uh, obviously, Brock versus Roman for the SmackDown title. Yep. We have Bob Lashley, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Big E for the Raw title. Yep. We have Becky versus uh, Liv Morgan in, like, a kendo stick match, maybe? 
Uh, Wikipedia just says singles match. It doesn't okay. specify any kind of, you know, whatever. I was under the impression that there might be a stipulation or something with that match. Wikipedia uh, says no. And now I think we have uh, the rest of the new day of Kofi and Woods taking on Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. Incorrect. You have oh. the New Day versus another established tag team. The Usos? The Usos. Okay, why did I think Corbin and Madcap? Oh, you know, oh, so they did announce today that Ricochet and Cesaro are taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland. That is the pre-show match. That's the pre-show match. Okay, okay. Um, You're up to five. Eh- Edge versus Miz. That is number six. And I think that's all I got. Hmm. All right. Well, speaking of Madcap Moss, if you ever said to yourself, man, I really need more Madcap Moss, but I'd like to see him in singles action. Boy, howdy. Is he taking on Nakamura? No. He is taking on Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's a step down for Drew. (laughs) And last but certainly not least, there is another tag team title match. You want to take a shot at this featuring the Raw raw tag titles? Okay, so it's RK-Bro. Yep. Versus the Street Profits? Yeah, look at that. You know, from that, like, long-running blood feud of RK-Bro versus the Street Profits that definitely didn't start, like, a week ago. Yeah. I don't think Randy's been on TV for, the, like, the last two weeks, and Riddle's been on NXT the last two weeks. Do you think they're going to add AJ versus uh, Grayson Waller to the pay-per-view? Well, I don't know, man. This is already a stacked show at eight matches, one of which I'm going to actually watch, so I don't know. Mm. Is the match you're going to watch Brock versus Roman Reigns? It is. Yeah, I think that's the only one I care about, too. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's the only one that I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm not sure about a lot of the outcomes, but I don't care. But, like, I I, I can see them having Brock Lesnar win this. I don't want them to because I acknowledge the head of the table, my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. I don't think Roman should lose until WrestleMania. Um, but I don't know. WWE makes stupid decisions all the time. So I just want to watch this match. I think they're going to do the double swerve where Paulie is going to come out and cost Brock the match and that he's been with Roman the whole time. He sacrificed himself taking uh, the Superman punch mm-hmm. to uh, lull Brock into a false sense of security for this match. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only match I, I like. I Man, can, can you imagine if like six months ago, I, I said to you that Edge was going to be wrestling on a pay-per-view and, like, I wouldn't even want to watch it. Like, I wouldn't care. And I don't blame The Miz for that. Like, I just blame WWE just making me not care, you know? You have this gift landing in your lap of having Edge return after all this time, and they've just managed. And they brought this up on Final Wrestling Place as far as, like, who had the worst year ever. And this was to their point. Like, Edge being back just means nothing. I was thinking to myself, um, when Edge, you know, because Edge came back beginning of this year, and if you remember, like, Christian was also in the Royal Rumble as well. Yeah. 
Now Christian's in AEW, and there was discussion that Tony Khan was attempting to make a play for Edge to come in. Uh-huh. Would Edge have been better off going to AEW now? With the entire 2021 calendar year, for the most part, in the books, and everything that Edge did in WWE in the 2021, would it have been better or worse if he went to AEW instead? I mean, you would have definitely got to see him in the ring with new faces. Like, because, I mean, realistically, he hasn't, unless I'm forgetting something, he's wrestled nothing but people that were in the company 10 years ago when he was you know, last active, you know, it's not like he's in there with the younger guys. He's, he had a feud with Orton. I'm sure there was somebody in the middle there that I'm forgetting. And then Miz, you know, like all guys that, you know, whatever that they, they've been around forever. So it's not like he's elevating anybody, you know, it's not like he's getting to test himself against a, a young upstart. So I think it would have been cool to see, you know, him in unique matches and unique scenarios, but at the same time, it is just another WWE guy coming over to uh, AEW. And at what point do we have overload of that, you know? Right, right. And it's not like Christian has really done anything. I mean, the best thing about Christian coming back to AEW was that he got an Impact World title run, you know? And that's... He got to not- main event the first Rampage. You got the main event of pay-per-view against Kenny. Yeah. Um, you know, he started off kind of pretty hot, but... You know, I think Christian's exactly where he needs to be currently, you know? Yeah, but, like, from a long-term standpoint, like, what realistically is he doing now other than seconding, you know, Jurassic Express? That's true. I think what what crosses my mind is, and, you know, our opinions on them has been brought up here on the show, but if, I think in AEW, they could build a great program between uh, Edge and Christian and FTR. <laughs> And I, cause I, I know those, like, you know, it's very well known. Those guys kind of help edge train in his comeback and stuff. And they're all really good friends. And I think if they did like a TV program of those guys, I think you would have had like a really hot program that would have got people talking more than any of the stuff that edge did this year in WWE. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, it's a, it's a moot point. Cause I don't think if edge quit tomorrow, they would let him do it, <laughs> you know? Well, who knows what his contract status is, you know? Yeah, this is true. But I'll say this here. Um, the smart thing for them to do is after the pay-per-view this weekend, or at the very least, with the Royal Rumble, start building toward Mania, doing Edge versus Kevin Owens, and have Kevin Owens beat Edge at WrestleMania. I think that would be uh, a bit, like, Edge's name value, putting somebody over to the next level. They just spent a bunch of money to keep Kevin Owens there. So let's put him in high-profile stuff, you know? Who's the heel in that that feud? Kevin Owens. Okay. Is he a heel on TV right now? Because I, I honestly he don't watch. He is a heel on TV right now. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, oh, boy, like a month ago? Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't exactly have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in most of WWE. No, that's okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, Joe, I was assigned some homework this past week. I'm getting the homework song. Yay. Here it is. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. 
homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. I was looking at the soundboard and I'm like, oh, there's something missing. Oh, there's the homework song. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, we'll fix that in post. Nope. Yeah. But that's anyways. Sort of, that's oh, the that. sort of show this is. Just yeah, it's, all, it's live to tape, as they say. That's right. All right, so you assigned me Chikara the Cybernetico Rises, specifically three matches from that show. Uh, and I didn't write down the date, but this was out of New York in 2012? Yes, uh, it was right. November 18th, 2012. All right, so first things first, first match you assigned, and I did not go out of my way to watch anything extra, uh, but th you that was... Kevin uh, Hellions over on Masked Library watched the whole show, and he does a write-up to any time that we do the homework. So if you want the full recap of the show and you didn't watch it yourself, you can head over to his website to check it out there. Yep. All right, so the first match you assigned was The Shard versus Fire Ants. We have LFC and Chuck Taylor on commentary. Fire Ant has a gimpy leg. I thought it was like a knee. Turns out it was an ankle. Um, Shard is kind of in control throughout the entire match. Every time Fire Ant kind of mounts a comeback, his injured leg gets in the way. You know, he can't quite muster a full offense. Fire Ant at one point does a dive into the crowd, uh, just barely misses hitting his head on the guardrail, which was sick. Uh, they destroyed one of those shitty plastic chairs that they have outside uh, at this venue. Uh, but like I said, Fire Ant's offense keeps getting cut up by like his his leg being bad. Uh, eventually, the shard catches Fire Ant in an ankle lock, causing Fire Ant to tap out. Um, shard then kind of takes out Bryce Remsburg. Locks in the ankle lock again. There's a save by Mike Quackenbush. He comes out to uh, kind of chase off the shard. But uh, Jigsaw comes out, starts arguing with Quack. You know, what are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, and basically Jigsaw super kicks Quack, walks out with the shard. So Jigsaw turned heel. But I guess how much of a heel are you if you, like, take out Quackenbush? But, uh, but yeah, that's it for the first match. Oh, so I like this match a lot. Uh, being that this was in New York, when Fire Ant did the dive into the crowd, I was sweating watching it here today. Because <laughs> going into the crowd on those New York City shows is a big no-no. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And it seemed like this crowd, like, wasn't highly concentrated of Chikara fans. Like, I, I don't know, like, I felt like there was a lot of people that were there, like, as ROH fans or just regular wrestling fans that were like, oh, I'm going to go check out this show. Because there was, like, a much higher level of, like, crowd comedians and shit talkers and just people that weren't responding to the Chikara stuff in the way that I'm used to seeing, you know? Yeah, there, there definitely um, was almost a split crowd once it gets to the main event. You start to realize that a little bit. But I totally, being, you know, someone who attended a lot of Chikara shows, recognized tons of familiar faces that I would see at Reading or Easton or Hellertown or whatever shows that were there in full force. So I would say it was a pretty decent split, but it was definitely a lot of normies as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up is Icarus versus Dasher Hatfield. Uh, this match loses a star right off the rip because there was really no pre-match crowd work from Icarus. Uh, he did duck out and, like, talk to one lady at one point. But, you, you know, you have an opportunity to work that entire crowd, and he didn't do it. So half a star lost. 
Um, I did like the fact that while still on commentary, Chuck Taylor uh, basically said, look at that gassed up mutant with a stupid baseball face and then continued to accuse uh, Dasher Hatfield of being on on the juice all throughout the match. Um, But anyways, back and forth, even matchup for the most part, you know, not really any cheating that I remember from Icarus. If it was, it was brief. Uh, Dasher wins via suicide squeeze uh, Death Valley driver. And uh, Icarus does, after the match, though, after I wrote down that he didn't cheat much, he attacks uh, Dasher afterwards and then hits him with the pedigree and leaves. So we were talking on a previous episode that, like, oh, it looks like Icarus is kind of doing some face-like stuff. Um, And that's why I had made a note that I didn't remember him cheating. And then, of course, he does it after the match and ruins my theory. Yeah, again, I don't know where, like, obviously he hasn't turned babyface yet and he wouldn't for a while. But this was just like kind of the beginnings of it. And obviously he's still a heel. So he had to do some heel things. Uh, I completely forgot that Chuck on commentary made reference to Dasher being on steroids because we privately would all rib him about it because he was in <laughs> such good shape that no one works out that much in Chikara that he must be getting a little bit of extra help. <laughs> and uh, I think even to this day, uh, certain people who run certain uh, independent wrestling emporiums may still tease Dasher about that to this day. <laughs> and it's funny, like, if you look at Dasher Hatfield in 2012, he's, like, obviously he's a great sheep, but he's like a, he's a disgusting fat mess compared to what Ever <laughs> Good looks like now. <laughs> you know? Like, Touche. Like, uh, Dasher was, like, a really good shape, but he's, like, sculpted now, like, I think is the best way to put it, you know? Yeah. But, all right, anyways, on to the main event. We have the Cybernetico, which included Team Chikara, Eddie Kingston, Ultramantis Black, uh, 3.0, Tim Dons, Gran Akuma, Hollow Wicked, and Frightmare versus Team Steen, a.k.a. Team Ring of Honor, uh, Kevin Steen, the Young Bucks, the Briscoe Brothers, Jimmy Jacobs, and the Bravado Brothers. Um, now, here's the thing, Joe. I started this match, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I only have three matches to watch for homework. <laughs> Uh, and I looked at the time and granted, I didn't realize that there was going to be about 10 minutes of like the Chikara YouTube stuff at the end after the credits. Yeah. All the promos and stuff that I assigned from like the last set of homework was at the end of this. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because I was like, oh, here's extra Kevin Steen stuff. And it was just them hyping up the show that I just watched. So, but anyways, I look at the time and there was like an hour and a half left. And I said, that's not going to work for me, brother. Uh, So I did a little fast forwarding and I'll allow you to talk about the beginning if you'd like. But I fast forwarded until there was about 20 minutes in the match left. And it was down to the Bucks and Kevin Steen versus 3.0 Kingston and Dance. And I feel like uh, no disrespect to, uh, you know, Ultraman is Black, Frightmare and Hollow Wicked. But, like, I didn't really care about watching the Briscoe Brothers, and uh, I love the Bravados on uh, on their interviews, and I love their comedy shtick, but I didn't feel like this was going to be much of that. So I also didn't want to watch an hour uh, in there, and I like you could have watched Santa's Little Helper in the amount of time that this <laughs> match happens. So I did fast forward, but do you want to talk about anything involving uh, the other people that weren't involved when I got to? Like I said, I, I picked it up when it was just down to the Bucks and Steen versus 3.0 Donst and Kingston. Yeah, yeah. So I go through a bunch of the, the history of the Cyberneticos and Chikara, the like the kayfabe history of like, oh, here's who's won them. Here's who's done this. 
the Ring of Honor guys, like, oh, you know, Steen's been here a couple times. Bravados are almost like regulars. Here's all these times that these guys were here before. So they're no stra- they're no stranger to Chikara, but they're stranger to the Cibernetico. But in the reality, um, obviously having seen many of these matches, every Chikara Cibernetico starts out the same way because like it's the batting order where like, you know, there's eight gods on each team and like one has to tag to two and two has to like, tag to three and so on and so forth. And as people are eliminated, other people just move up in the batting order, right? Yeah. And every single Chikara Cibernetico starts off with both sides going through the entire batting order. Then starting back to the top, the heel side second person tags in, and then they all work a heat on whoever that first baby face in there is. Right. And that was and this one was no different. Did you ever assign a cybernetical before? Um that you could remember? Because I know I did see this type of match. I don't think it was called a Cybernetico, but it was on Camp Leapfrog. Because I remember, yeah, yeah. I, I think the boar was in it. But I'm just trying to think if there was uh, one that I saw, like Chikara proper. I know we discussed one. It was the one with uh, Sweeney's last match in Chikara, which was at East End. It was the Chikara versus BDK one. I think it was like the year or two prior to this one. Was um, that where uh, Sweeney was like a surprise return? Yeah. Okay, then I did watch that. That was assigned with something. Okay. Um, that one, like, obviously it starts out with the big brawl, but once it gets into whatever it is, it's still that same format. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Frightmare gets eliminated, so now the babyface are at a deficit. But then the heels lose someone. Now they're at a deficit. The baby's faces lose someone. And then it just, like, immediately goes from eight on eight to five on five to three on three. Just, like... They need, like, there's got to be ways to, like, stagger the eliminations a little bit better. Um, I thought Steen did a great job, like, working on the outside. Like, anytime any of the baby faces were near him, he was always, like, taking cheap shots at them. Anytime that it was him and Kingston in the ring, he would always just try to get his licks in on Kingston and then run away. But, like, still keep that aura of being, like, a big, tough badass and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad because there was so much story involved in this match on the Chikara side. I'm glad that they could have, but didn't throw in all like the delirious Ophidian Batiri stuff with Mantis, Wicked, and Frightmare. I'm glad they kind of kept that out. And not to say that this was the end of the Ring of Honor feud, but this was the quick setup to get to Donst versus Kingston for the title at the pay per view because Donst turns on Kingston during the match when it's down to three on three. Um,. And then, yeah, like, so, King, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, so, like, when I picked it up, we had basically uh, all 3.0 and the Bucks were kind of going back and forth. And they basically knocked each other off in, like, short order. Like, within two minutes, we went from having both of those tag teams in their entirety to all of them being eliminated with basically Steen finishing off Big Magic to get rid of 3.0. Um, and, like, I'm seeing... That like Donst is outside, kind of like leaning against Kingston, and it looked like like oh man, they just got eliminated or you know kind of taken out, and they're recuperating. But it was explained on commentary, as you said, that Donst turned on Kingston. Yeah. Um. But you know he basically serves up Kingston to Kevin Steen. Um. Kingston rolls up Steen, gets like the surprise win there, and I thought as 
Kevin Hellions mentioned in his write-up that that was it, that you were going to have Kingston and Donst are the winners. But I didn't realize that, you know, in like a sole survivor atmosphere, the members of the winning team have to then face off. But uh, Donst pins Kingston with the help of Jakob Hammermeyer. Again, this match loses a star because we didn't have Jakob's music playing at any time. <laughs> um, and uh, we, that's pretty much it. Uh, at that point, uh, Kingston is electrical taped to the ropes uh, so that uh, Donst could hit him in the face with the belt. We have kind of the good uh, catch of the Smart Mark video, I assume, looking at uh, Eddie Kingston from over the shoulder and looking down at the belt being on the ground. And that's how the show goes off. And as you said, it's going to lead to Donst versus Kingston in the future. Um, I like Donst, but I don't want him to beat Kingston. That's just if this was live, I'd be giving him my my take. Now, Jakob, yeah. maybe. Jakob, I could see being the champ, but uh, not no Donst. So we'll get into it when we get into it. Um, when that show comes up, um, is this a full... This may be another one where we skip around a little bit, but we'll get there when we get there. Gotcha. There is definitely going to be some uh, event center promos building up to it, because I'm almost certain there's multiple mysterious and handsome stranger segments leading up to the iPay-Per-View, even though he himself is not on the card. Mm, okay. Yeah, I feel like this this uh, Cybernetico show was uh, sorely missing somebody who was mysterious and handsome. Yep. Well, we'll like I said, we'll, we'll get into all of that and discussions and everything else when, like, two weeks when I reassign that, and then that's the end of 2012 for Chikara. And I think we might just go right up to like the big close down angle. And then we'll figure out, I'll be assigned to new stuff after that, but I've got some time. All right. And obviously no homework this weekend, everybody, everybody make sure you watch day one or don't, I don't care. I would, you know, but yeah, no, tell homework. Adam to, to, to Chromecast live stream, the LVAC show. Um, he does not have my permission, so don't get caught and watch that. <laughs> Like, why do you have a tripod set up with your phone on it? Oh, Joe, this is specifically for Joe. And Joe didn't want to miss it, you know? Right, I'm Skyping in the commentary. I need to see it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, proves that uh, LVAC needs to be on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, and it's just inexcusable at this point while it's not. Yeah, well, there's reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, bullshit reasons. Fucking just... Make it happen. This is 2022 already. There should be no wrestling that isn't live streamed. You ain't wrong. Um, but hey, uh, let's get into phone calls, huh? Yeah, why not? So I put the question out there uh, to see if you, the listeners, wanted us to keep or get rid of the likes and dislikes segment. If you want us to change it, if you want us to alter it. Now, I will say I did not listen to any of these calls beforehand. So uh, I don't know if anyone actually paid attention to us or if anyone says anything racist homophobic misogynistic uh transphobic or otherwise that would get them canceled we disavow any knowledge of anything that they said and we will publicly ridicule you for doing so <laughs> so let's hit the first call hey joe hope you're doing well hello adam i hope all is well in vegas where you are no doubt recording the episode hiding under one of the tables at broski's wedding trying to get some of those brawlers because <laughs> you guys were so kind to take my suggestion to consideration for this week's voicemail, I felt like I had to chime in 
and I couldn't decide between dump it or change it, so I'm going to go with just dump it outright. Um, but the only other thing I wanted to mention was that I thought it was strange that Joe did not mention when discussing OnlyFans his subscription to Stan Malibu's OnlyFans account. <laughs> so I uh, feel like he should be called out for that. Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to seeing you gentlemen on Saturday. Have a good one. Oh, he's probably just going to see me now. Apparently you haven't broken the news to him yet. I guess right. you breaking the news to him. No, but, the uh, uh, Kevin was one of the few people that called earlier in the week uh, than everybody else. Uh, but I will say, uh, while I do not uh, have a only stands account to Stan Malibu's, whatever, uh, any lascivious pictures of Stan Malibu that I have, were taken by me and probably in my home. So <laughs> some homemade stuff. All right. Interesting right. there. But uh yeah, you know what? Uh I I have my sources looking for wedding brawlers. I, I did not myself make the trip out to Vegas, but uh I've uh padded the lopes of many uh bus boys and that's whatever <laughs> the hotel is and uh we're gonna make this happen. Uh I'm going to get those wedding brawlers eventually. It might be like five years from now when, when nobody cares about micro brawlers, but at, at some point I will own those micro brawlers. You, you'll say. Yes. Just make sure that you're uh, following the official wedding hashtag uh, Chelsea and Broski's wedding sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Poor Chelsea. Uh, that was in the original draft. I saw the public that one. one. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. It's uh, Tom Green here. Um, I'm not pooping. I just got out of the gym. Um, I'll probably need to poop soon, uh, but I'll spare you that. Um, I think you might be asking opinions of the likes and dislikes segments. Um, I say collapse it, and here's why. Clearly, y'all don't like watching most of wrestling, so, like, what's the point? You're gonna die soon. Not soon, but like a few decades from now, right? Spend that time doing stuff you like. And then spend this hour doing stuff you also like. Um, I mean, I don't need to hear what you didn't like about WWE Day One Ground Rules Stable Wars 2022 with Roman Reign and the COVID All-Stars. Mm-hmm if you don't want to talk about it, like there's everybody else does that. Who cares? Um, honestly, like just talk about stuff you like and who who cares? Like, yes, I love, I love Joe's rants about the grifters and scumbags of independent wrestling. Keep that up. Find a way to keep that in. Cause Joe and I usually are on the same brainwave and I like somebody justifying uh, my thought patterns and making me feel like I'm not insane. Um, and I like Adam going, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> not actually knowing who any of these people are. It's keep it up. Um, but yeah, you guys don't need to do like, okay, this is what happened in wrestling this week. And I like it and I didn't like it. You don't, you don't need to do that. Um, otherwise, uh, great show. Keep it up. And, uh, yeah, bye. All right, so that's that's two calls so far. People just saying scrap the likes and dislikes. Well, I think what Tom was intimating was less um, scrapping the likes and dislikes, but not going out of our way to find stuff specifically that we're going to not like. 
Uh, you heard it one way, I heard it another way. But yeah, yeah I think Tom I, was basically saying focus on the likes. Kevin was saying just ditch both of it. Yeah, yeah. So All right. Let's I, see what I'm, else go- I'm good with bringing something to the table that we liked this week. How about that? All right, well, let's listen to the rest of the calls, and then we'll see what the consensus is, and we'll go from there. Right, next call. Hey, guys, Kevin here. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, there's so many Kevins now call show. Kevin number one, uh, Kevin Prime. Uh, OG Kevin, maybe whatever you want to go with. So let's talk about the likes and dislikes. I have been thinking all week about this and I was trying to find some angle that would make Adam want to do it. Something involving, uh, bets or wagering or put something on the line here for it. And then I thought of, uh, other ways that Adam could go about it, but all of them involved more work for Joe. And <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to do here. So the show is called at odds and it's been Joe and Adam back and forth for a while now, but I was thinking maybe it's time to up the game, up the stakes of it a bit. So what if the likes and dislikes continue but each and every week, Joe assigns Adam a tag team partner. It's a handicap match from now on for likes and dislikes. Someone will be assigned to Adam, and by Wednesday night at the latest, they have to send Adam their likes and dislikes, which Adam then has to use for the show. However, it cannot be half-assed. It cannot be phoned in. And for each and every week, the Adam does not prevent or sorry, does not present a compelling case for his likes and dislikes. A bite of his chocolate bunny is gone. And if Adam messes up and the entire bunny is gone, then he has to go back to three likes and three dislikes each and every week. So that's the best idea I could come up with. Looking forward to listening to the show, guys. Happy New Year. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we're almost upon WrestleMania season. And, of course, <laughs> at WrestleMania season. All right. So, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I am a jerk and a bit of an asshole. And I like to think that my bunny is pretty much completely intact despite all that. Like, I, I've never taken a bite out of it, but I feel like I'm slowly eroding it by licking at it, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like, so at this pace, my bunny should last me the rest of my podcasting career. Like, it, you're going to lose some of the features of the bunny, you know, you're not going to quite make out the eyes or whatever, but it's all going to be there. And I, I, I don't think I want to risk uh, that bunny with some kind of, like, podcasting gimmick. Plus, like, you assigning my, like, co-liker and disliker, that's, that is work for you. Plus, I'd have to talk to people, and I don't really like doing that. You know, so there's a lot of things I don't like about that idea. Kevin started off by saying, I want to think of an idea that's not a ton of work for Joe, and then pitches, like, this idea that's, like, a ton of work for me. <laughs> um, no, the less people that we get involved with what we're doing here, the better. Um, yeah, I think that was just Kevin's way of like wanting to contribute to my likes and my dislikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, I, I think he was hoping that you would be the first person to that he would you would be assigning. Uh, Kevin, you could just like submit your likes and dislikes to me. Like I, I would have just picked them. Like I, I'm not. It's not that hard to to get uh to get me to pick your stuff. 
Uh, also, I, I don't know if we have like a little bit of a war going on here between Hellions, Kincannon, and Ford as far as who Kevin Prime is now. Well, David Kincannon, of course, would not be involved, but Kevin oh. Marshall called last week. Oh, sorry, Kevin had, Marshall. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had three week. Kevins called last week. And uh, <laughs> no, I just, I, I just saw them all coming in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make a joke about we have so many Kevin listeners, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Kevin Hellions, I'm sorry. That that idea is not happening. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hey, guys, it's the wiki. I just wanted to call and wish you both a very happy new year. And also to say that uh, after watching Rise of the Cybernetico, uh, Jigsaw was right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Jigsaw, one of the few people in the world of professional wrestling that unmasked and then due to fan outcry was forced to remask again. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kevin Kincannon. <laughs> Did you just call him Kevin again? Yeah, that was intent. The second time was a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Last but not least, pink button time. Oh. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed from Pod Van Dam. Uh, I just want to say, Joe, thank you for the lovely holiday card. You have a beautiful family. And Adam, I'm sure your holiday card to me is lost in the mail. And we'll get it eventually. Uh, it's the end of this year. 2021 is pretty fucking shitty. Um, so I, I want to ask a question that will make you both happy. So I have one tailored for each of you. Uh, Adam... Uh, who's going to be the Steelers quarterback next season? Because I think we both hope that Big Ben retires, bitch. Uh, But I also don't want that racist Mason Rudolph to be the Steelers quarterback either. I'm hoping Russ, being honest. I'd rather Russ than Aaron Rodgers, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, Joe, um, what what are a couple of your favorite Eric the Actor moments? I was listening to a lot of Eric the Actor yesterday. He's never left, like... Poppy, Chris Chan, all these people, they come and gone. But Eric, the actor, that little weirdo has been in my life uh, for a long, long time now. I don't think he's going anywhere. So I just want to know a couple of your, your favorite Eric, the actor moments. And, uh, yeah. Oh, good one, guys. Uh, 2022, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll rock. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Kevin Cody. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, and I believe... While he didn't say it, I feel like if you read between the lines, he was also saying to get rid of likes and dislikes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But all right, I'll answer my my question that I got from Ed. And that was, who do I want to be the Steelers quarterback for next season? Uh, I agree. It definitely should not be Roethlisberger. Uh, I think he should retire, even though he's having a better year. If you look at like his performance than Baker Mayfield. Um, but anyways, uh, definitely not Mason Rudolph, who is not a racist just because one guy said so doesn't mean that he is. That's how you ruin people unjustly. But he is a terrible, 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 terrible NFL quarterback. Uh, so I think he should be gone. And if you had asked me who I would rather have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, if you asked me this, like, Two months ago, I would have said Aaron Rodgers, but then uh, Rodgers went on that whole spiel about how he has uh, uh, been immunized against COVID, and then he went on a cancel culture rant, and I I kind of don't want that heat on my team, so I'd probably rather Russell Wilson, 
But knowing the Pittsburgh Steelers, they'll go four or five years of just having no quarterback and then eventually rebuild, and that would suck. Uh, so I'm going to go Russell Wilson. And I, I'm sure, Joe, you agree with all that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Doesn't Pat McAfee have Aaron Rodgers on his dopey show on a weekly basis to prove how dopey they both are? Uh, I I saw the one big one from a, like a month ago that got Rodgers in trouble. And uh, he has been on subsequently, but I haven't seen any of them. But, yeah, he's a regular. You know, he he pops the the ratings dial, you know? Mm, yeah. But yeah, like I, I like I loved Aaron Rodgers. I, like Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation, but it just sucks when you're publicly a douchebag like that, you know? Sure. Now, uh, Ed asked me in regards to Eric the actor, a.k.a. Eric Lynch from The Howard Stern Show. A uh, longtime caller, he was uh, he had a debilitating disease that he was confined to a wheelchair. Um, he was someone who hated the Howard Stern show and didn't find it funny, but would constantly call in. So it was like this weird quagmire that he lived in. But some of his greatest moments were just any time that Eric was like super ungrateful, which was all the time. But they flew Eric in from San Francisco to New York put him up in a hotel, did the entire like four hour episode about of Howard about Eric, brought in all this stuff for him, gave him all these prizes, and he still bitched and complained. It was perfect. It couldn't have gone any better. He was not happy about any of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then anytime that they messed with Eric, uh, in regards to an infamous call where they pretend uh, high pitch Eric attempts to trick very poorly, Eric that he's Kelly Clarkson and there's a lot of, you know, they animated that and that was a fun segment. Uh, Also the one where Eric, the actor calls Johnny Frotto, who was loosely mobbed up and essentially like told Johnny to put a hit out on a guy on his (laughs) voicemail and how often Johnny would just sail Eric down the river over the smallest things and Eric never got mad at Johnny because Johnny was like kind of like if Howard got mad at Eric and took him off the show, I think Johnny and Eric would be able to cook something up to get Eric back on the show. And you could certainly tell toward the end of Eric's sad life uh, where some of the bits that him and Johnny were cooking up were just that bits. And Howard would be like, all right, we'll play along to see how long they go for. But it even got to a point where Howard's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are just fucking around. I don't care. And it was uh, Cybernetico 2000, or Cybernetico, King of Trios 2014, night three, where Eric passed away and my phone blew up. Like I was his grieving widow that he had passed away. I was getting text <laughs> messages from everyone in and out of the world of professional wrestling saying, oh my God, did you hear what happened? There were even people on the show who were texting me from the locker room as they were getting the, the news. Because I was out at commentary, and then we had a talk later during intermission or after the show in regards to it. Um, Okay, so sadly, the voicemail was inconclusive, right? Uh, How so? Like, I feel like the people who weighed in on it all feel the same. So we need to get, I get, okay, so what I'm saying, though, is, is like, everyone's like, yep, get rid of likes and dislikes. But they didn't offer a solution as a replacement. No, no good solution, right? Yeah. So here's what I'm going to propose to you, Adam. All right. Just so that this show isn't a lean 40 minutes every week. (laughs) 
Each of us come with one thing. Okay? Uh-huh. One discussion, one talking point from any aspect of wrestling that you want to talk to that happened in the last seven days. You want to talk about, like, hey, man, I watched this match and it was awesome. Hey, we went to the LVAC. It was awesome. You were missed. Or, hey, the LVAC, you know, uh, I ended up watching day one and I can't believe that they spent all that money to bring Sting over from AEW, you know? (laughs) You pick your one thing, I pick my one thing, and we talk and discuss it on the show. Like, I I was thinking, like, obviously, I I want to leave the window open for the possibility of a rant, you know, and I might even have my own rant of my own, you know, every once in a while something sticks in my craw. So, like, obviously... There is still the possibility, you know, when somebody does something shitty that you can hold them, you know, to that. Um, also, at the same time, I, like, I don't want to li- – it sucks because it sounds like I'm backing out of this. I don't want to limit it to being like, oh, you already had one thing you liked. So, obviously, if there's something like more than one thing that you really liked, you know, then obviously you can mention that too. But uh, – how about well, this? Yeah. Instead of limiting it to a number – and instead of saying specifically likes and dislikes, we'll just say, what do you feel strongly about this week? <laughs> and if it's one thing, if it's two things, if it's three things, like I have a I have a feeling that when we record next week, one of us will bring up the uh, Danielson versus Hangman rematch, right? Yeah. I'm sure that'll be a talking point. That'll be something for us to discuss. But there could be a huge COVID outbreak and wrestling gets shut down this weekend. We'll probably <laughs> talk about that instead. Yeah. All right. Well, let's try that for a week. Let's just go into bring something that you feel strongly about and we'll see what happens. We'll do it on a probationary basis. We'll see. Uh, uh, we'll test it out for a week and see if the next week's episode is 10 minutes long or if it's, you know, about on par with normal. Uh, maybe if the episodes get really short, I'll just have to buy more stuff during the weekly purchases. But I can't because we're about to uh, enter the year of financial responsibility. So that doesn't work out. Right. But yeah, let's try that out for a week. Let's just go with, hey, here's the one thing I want to really talk about. And I'm, I'm saying one thing and you said. There's three things you want to talk about. Bring three things to the table yeah. that you feel like, that strongly about to want to discuss in the podcast. Yeah, but obviously no need to pad it out with just, hey, yeah. fill these spots. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll give that a shot. All right, just so it's something different, just so that there's actually some some meat on the bone for the show, as it were, right? Yeah, or or we can do guests. We can see if Rhett Titus is available. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no guests. I, I heard from Pod Van Dam that he's a great get. <laughs> well, I heard I also heard from Pod Van Dam that guests don't make a lick of difference on your show. So Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. So hey, uh ways that you can help us out, of course. Uh tell a friend, let everyone know. Uh you can always call in uh to the show. Um, you know, maybe you tell us the one thing you want to talk about. This week, but I don't want to rely on you, the listeners, to do our work for us. Uh, 570-846-0897. Call us up, you know, when we record next week, last seven days, something you uh, want to talk about, get off your chest, or thing that uh, you just want to talk, like, not like, not dislike, the thing you want to talk about in wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we'll include you in the conversations and stuff. 
our T Public stores over at Longbox here or tinyurl.com slash Longbox Heroes. Our Amazon link uh, is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Make any and all of your purchases through there. Uh, obviously, holidays are over. We didn't have any purchases this week. But, uh, you know, Adam would be getting his cut of the fucking money here any day now. Yeah. Uh, advertising fee, excuse me. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. Promo code at odds doesn't get you anything free, but if you're a new subscriber, it lets Jerry know you came to him from us. And uh, if you continue with him, we get some sort of kickback eventually. Not really sure how that works. Eventually, Jerry will tell us how that works. But <laughs> Restival is going on this weekend. Uh, Friday is the Action Sup, sup Graps show and the big beyond uh you know heavy as the crown or whatever it's called and then sunday is uh the wrestle open debut question mark h2o and limitless uh i do want to tip my cap to blitzkrieg pro um they were supposed to be part of this but they earlier in the week said like okay too many of the people that we booked too many of our regulars are sick so we're just scrapping the show. We're we're gonna do what's best for everyone involved. Oh, so I want to say kudos to them for for being mindful um, as cases and things and everything else spikes up. Yeah, absolutely. And it just before you know, uh, going back to some of those uh, really easy to name things like Restival and some of those other shows. Like no disrespect to them, but they don't quite roll off the tongue like LVAC Let's Hang Out, which would be a a great thing to stream on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Just saying, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if that's it for plugs there, I just will mention that there's probably some other podcasts you can listen to if you're on your way to a wrestling show this weekend, and those podcasts are. Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, Viewer's Choice, IWTV Guide, Hellions Talks, Pod Van Dam, and The A Show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought. <laughs> that wasn't me hitting the music for the segment. Adam did turn his ringer off, and that's his ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody called me, and you just decided to roll with it. That's right. Um, I, no, I had no purchases this week. I will say, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, maybe, the Pokemon Funko Pop Christmas Advent Calendar that I ordered for my son back in September finally shipped this week. So it should be here this weekend. Nice. Is is he going to hold on to it till next year, or just going to say fuck it and go and open all the well, doors at once? So my wife is attempting to figure out, like, oh, maybe we could do it, like, as a advent calendar to, like, Valentine's Day or whatever the next thing is. Um, I say I'm just going to let them rip the thing open and go nuts. Yeah. All right. 
Cool. So I don't have a lot. Like, obviously, I, I could talk about some Christmas presents, but, like, nothing really fig-related. So I'll, other than the fact I did get lights for my Detolfs, which look awesome. Uh, I got them from Amazon. They're wireless LEDs with a remote control, so they're pretty sweet. I posted some pictures on the social medias. But uh, other than that, not really any fig stuff for Christmas. But while I was waiting for the show to start in the major wrestling figure podcast flea market, I bought an FWF hat for the figure wrestling federation. I got one uh, really, really cheap. And I was like, Hey, why not? I wear a major pod hat. I'll wear an FWF hat as well. Is he going to wear it? Oh, you just bought it. So it's not going to be in for this weekend for the LVAC show, right? Uh, No, I literally just bought it like half hour ago. So an hour ago. So that's not happening. Um, but the only other thing I bought is I put together an order on ringside because as I mentioned, we are about to start the year of financial responsibility. So I might as well tie up some loose ends and I cleared off a couple figures from my wish list, and I got some randoms just because they were super cheap, but I'm going to kind of start from the top as far as things that I really wanted and then work my way down to some impulse buys and the figures that I bought, I purchased the Elite 90 Big Boss Man Chase, which is him as the boss from WCW. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so I had wanted that. Uh, I have not seen an Elite series in stores, like, of the last, like, three series, in, like, at all. So, like, I originally was like, oh, I'll just find this in the wild. But, like, I've been seeing nothing, so... Uh, I was just like, fuck it. It was like $5 above retail or $6 above retail. So I was like, well, that's cheaper than the gas and the frustration, you know? So I got the, the boss man chase. I bought the elite 89 Sergeant Slaughter, which is the Iraqi Sergeant Slaughter. Um, that was only 17 bucks on sale. Okay. So, So again, cheaper than retail. Um, I bought the Elite 88 Kushida, which I had bought before, but it was damaged, and I never bothered to send it back to ringside because I was just, I forgot. Uh, But the new Kushida was $11 on sale. So hopefully this one arrives in nice shape, and maybe I'll even let the other one breathe. I don't know, the the one that I have. Um, And that was the end of the things that I really wanted. The rest of the stuff I bought was just because it was cheap. I bought the Elite 87 Candice LeRae, the first time in the line, for $9. And the first time in the line, Elite 79 Io Shirai for $5. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I like sometimes getting like the rookie figure, you know, the first time in the line. Uh, and like I had seen the Candice on shelves and I've I, every once in a while I'll be like, oh, 20 bucks, uh, maybe, maybe not. But like nine bucks for that and five bucks for the EO, why not? I mean, it's only a matter of time before they're both released and they're both like in greener pastures and then people are going to want those figures, you know? I don't know, man. Look at you buying stuff just to buy stuff. Yeah. Hey, you know uh, what? If, if you had walked into a store and saw a Candice LeRae on the shelf for nine bucks, you might have bought it then. Yeah, yeah. So the way I see it, that I got free shipping, all that fun stuff. But that's all I bought. I I, I literally bought what I just say five figures. It was like fifty five bucks, something like that. You know, sixty bucks. Yeah. So it was. I think it was a pretty good deal. 
I know uh, I think both Adam or Adam, uh, Brett and DJ over at We Need Wrestling bought that Kushida figure as well. Uh, I'm fingers crossed hoping that the pre-orders for the Brody Lee AEW figure go up any day now. And probably when I do that, or so what I'm doing is I'm waiting on that order to order the fig defenders. Uh, oh, because I got my um, secret Santa stuff from Pod Van Dam Discord. Oh. Uh, Dom Garini got me, and he sent me three of the 2015 fig defenders. Okay. Uh, so I need, like, when I order the Brody Lee, I'm going to get, you know, the, the whatever the little uptick is to get it with the fig defender. So I need so here's the thing. I need to get three more 2018s, a 2020, and then I need to get three retro ones. But the thing is, of course, two of the retros haven't shipped yet, but I want to just get all the fig de- fig defenders that I need and have them. So when the stuff comes in, that's all on pre-order, um which is um I assume the Super 7s don't go in fig defenders, right? Uh, like, I mean, I don't believe one exists yet, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause they're kind of like in a shell that's in another shell that's in another shell, you know? Yeah. So it's like, what does the fig defender go around the whole thing or. I got to oh, figure that-, that out, but I got the two zombie sailor ones, the double J and the Brian Myers that'll need retro defenders I already have the Hayabusa in hand, but obviously I want to get those fig defenders and I'm just going to wait until the Brody goes up for pre-order and then I'm going to get the Brody. And I'm going to get all the fig defenders for the stuff that I already have, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw. So, uh, like, a week ago, Broski put up in the Facebook group uh, the packaging for his Super 7 without the figure. And he, like, signed the packaging and then sold it for, like, 55 bucks or something like that. And it was just literally the empty packaging. So somebody claimed it, and he sent them wedding brawlers with it. What? Yeah. So... I'm big mad about that. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm not a big figure defender guy with my stuff. Just, I, I don't know. Like, I have my signed Orange Cassidy in one. Yeah. But, but I'm like, if they're not signed, I don't really feel the need to. Because I'm not going to be hanging them on walls like you are. Everything's right. either in detolfs or in shelves. Like, if I was hanging the stuff, I would figure defend it just out of the sheer fear of them falling down, you know? Right. So, and then obviously once I get that and I have the, like, I have to take one of the, cause I have a bunch of like framed posters up on the wall in the office and I have to figure out where I'm going to put them up and what frame is coming down. And I'm assuming like, I don't want to like bang holes in my walls. So I think command hooks are acceptable. Yeah. yeah but even like then I, I, I would just live in constant fear of shit falling down. Yeah. You can always re-spackle holes if it's a drywall wall. That's true. You know? Plus, it's like, it's not like you're going to be selling your house anytime soon. Let that be tomorrow Joe's problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, But speaking of the Brody Lee thing, like, uh, obviously, they announced that the chase is going to be with that. So, uh, I I will, like, I was going to order more than one anyways. I was going to order two. And in my experience, at least recently, ringside limits the pre-orders to two at a time. Right. You know, but, like, if there wasn't a limit of two, how many do you think you would buy to to, to kind of roll the dice of getting a chase? Would you still only order one? Were you planning on ordering two? Does anything change with the, the announcement of the chase? 
I know you've never cared about chases before, but I feel like both of us are are willing to do a little extra to get this one. Uh, I would only be getting two. Uh, one to open, one to, uh, you know, put up on the wall. Um, I'd want the chase uh, just to have it, but I wouldn't order like 10 of a figure uh-huh. in the hopes of getting a chase and then being stuck with eight figures I don't know what to do with. <laughs> yeah, I don't think 10 would be like what I would shoot for, but I think if there was no limit, I might like do five. You know, I don't know. I, I think this is a moot point because I'm pretty sure they're going to limit it to two per customer because that's what they generally do during the first order. But I don't know if I go 0 for 2 on those. Maybe, you know, after they arrive, maybe I order some more. Who knows? I, I do really want that chase. Um, I don't want to say what my ceiling would be, but, like, I'd probably pay what I said I would pay for the micro brawlers. I'd probably pay uh, the same amount for that chase. So, like, you know, 300-ish, I think right. is it. Is a ballpark of what I'd be willing to part for that, but we'll see what the market bears on it. I I, I feel like there might be, uh, I was about to say more chases for this, but they're still just going to be the whatever five thousand that there is. But I don't know. The chases have come down in price recently, but on the flip side, I feel like there's going to be a higher market, higher demand for Mister Brody Lee, and rightfully so, you know. Right, and I think they were saying on the Broski show this week. That with them pulling the Darby LJN, they got to replace that part of the case of that set with something. And they were speculating that, you know, since Brody is going to be a hotly sought after figure, that they would uh, just throw an extra Brody in all those cases, you know? Yeah, I mean, that would increase the amount of regular Brodies in the wild, but it wouldn't obviously increase the amount of chases because the amount is the amount for that, you know? Right. But yeah, don't buy Brody Lee's if you're trying to flip them, you jerk stores. Just buy them because he's awesome and the figure's yeah, awesome, you know? exactly. But yeah, I definitely want the chase. So if anybody gets one of those, let me know. But that's all I got, Joe. I got nothing else. Like I said, just that one uh, ringside purchase. Perfect. No bullshit. No dragging things out any longer than they have been. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us in 2021. Uh, the show is ever-changing, and the show only exists because of you guys listening Sharon talking about whatever. Um, and Adam, again, thank you for uh, continuing doing the show with me here as well. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course. So here's the 2022. Hopefully the world gets a lot better for everyone. I'm just still trying to take it day by day. Uh, episode 171, Adam's is wrestling. Everyone be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.